Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast has been made possible by the funding from National Lottery Heritage Fund. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Sea Love Podcast. I'm your host, Cherie Mack, and this is a special episode all about birds. It's not all all about birds. I just mean like the whole episode is going to be talking about birds because I don't know that much about birds, but I'm learning. Anyway, welcome. heard there was a field recording that I did last week in the Gosforth Nature Reserve is some extensive woodland and wetland habitats which is managed by the Natural History Society of Northumbria and access to this reserve is restricted to the Natural History Society of Northumbria um, members um, or you can get a valid day pass and this is a, a wildlife haven and before I went there I was a bit miffed that it was just a private sort of like area and that you have to pay to access it because you know I'm all about accessibility to the great outdoors for everybody so I was a bit reluctant to pay the fee but I was interested to find out what was there and totally, totally love the area and I will become a member 
and hopefully take <laughs> our groups there and change the landscape in another way. But it changed my thinking because I was looking at it from a very privileged human being point of view that this is a nature reserve you're stopping people accessing it by having to pay that rules out a lot of people etc etc but then when I flipped it and thought about it from the wildlife's point of view then it's there to protect the wildlife fauna and flora from too many people um endangering them by by accessing them or not appreciating what's there you know just the sheer amount of footfall through this area would erode the the soil damage the plants the mushrooms the 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 trees etc so i i understand that and and i think uh, also a way of getting around that is that they do have um open days when a wider population can access it to understand and realize what is there and i think it was only from going there and seeing it and and appreciating the magic of this little haven close to the city center of newcastle that i understand now why it is protected and i'm taking it from the view that it is protected because of the the extensive woodland and wetland and the habitats that are there not from a superior superior power control way <laughs> but that probably still plays into it because how many people or how many people do i know are actually part of the natural history society of northumbria well soon i will be too and i become a member and i will be using my membership to make sure like more people like me get through get through the gates or over the barriers or through the netting sort of thing because I, I'm always wanting to in a manageable and sustainable and a safe way to open up more spaces to more people that look like me because it is through these experiences that we we learn to love nature more we learn to reconnect with nature more and in that process it means with ourselves and each other connect with ourselves more and each other more So that was another bird field recording there and this one was taken within the the woodland area which was mostly um, pine trees like um, a cathedral the way that they were reaching over our heads as my fellow walker said and yeah there was a, a certain a certain quality of sound within the thick of those trees it was a hushed muffling 
sound or maybe the cars, the distant cars, but there was also, I don't know, it was, maybe it was a quality of a communal breath together, being that close to the trees, breathing with the trees and acknowledging our debt to the trees of um, continuing to be the lungs of the earth. Heron go. As common as white bulky clouds, they eat almost anything with their sharp yellow bills with red spot like blood. In my ignorance, I labelled them all the same, seagulls, because I saw them at the coast. But when their wailing and yelping moved inland, mum would say, it must be rough at sea. In my ignorance, I labelled them bullies and brutes, deserving all the violence that befell their grey winged bodies. Perhaps their increase in numbers and size is due to the readily available supply of edible refuge, of waste or human error. Yeah, birds. When I was growing up, I was taught that birds were unlucky. My family was very superstitious and it was unlucky to have a bird in the house. Um, and a bird, now it wouldn't even have to be a bird, a live bird, right? It would be bird wallpaper, bird ornaments, bird decoration on anything just wasn't wasn't allowed in the house and um, my mum had a really great fear of birds and one time the bird, a pigeon got into the flat the communal area of the flat and and my mum she really freaked out she was running up the stairs to get into her flat home as quickly as possible and shut the door on the pigeon and she wouldn't venture out until she knew that it would have been released back outside um and I think that seeing that fear in my mum who was a big woman a really confident woman who you know could take whatever life threw at her but to see her reduced to um a crying, shaking, nearly, you know, I don't want to use hysterical because that's got connotations around it, but she was at her wit's end, basically, 
because of this pigeon in the flat area and to see that to witness that then that had an impression on me and that stayed with me it's like oh my gosh these flying <laughs> flying rats <laughs> as they were called um are dangerous you know there's something to be afraid of be aware around birds don't have a relationship with birds and now being older myself I can see that um, trauma can be passed down passed on and can be passed on again uh, but it was a case of me maybe forgetting this or putting it to a side and thinking and doing of thinking that I want to have my own relationship with birds and not allow my feelings actions to be dictated by other family members or other families experiences or fears um so it's been a slow process it has but um to become full of wonder about birds and i do think coming to the coast has that has helped that developing relationship seagulls or are they are really called herring gulls that um just hang out here at the sea and um their sounds their squawking permeates my day throughout the day and um again we was led to believe that these were bullies um these big brutes um and not to encourage them by giving them food what well, i i've come to think more now about it's us humans that have made these seagulls either bigger or brutish because of the rubbish the shit that we throw towards have piling up all over the place which encourages the wildlife because it's easy pickings basically easy pickings some kind of bird there's this kind of bird I don't know what kind learning the names of birds or anything else in nature was not part of my upbringing in our tight masonette flat perched on a dual carriageway where everything we needed was just a short walk away always through a grey miasma of concrete and noise. This bird comes along when the red berries are ripe and gorges on them till plump. Then it trills and chatters with delight, something which pains me. My sister doesn't talk to me. A silent void is lodged between us, one I tried to fill with my open light, which she always managed to snuff out and laugh at. Maybe this is what love is, laughter. But I do like this bird, 
I like its wings. Waxy red, yellow and white, chestnut and peach, like wearing its insides out. A flamboyant invasion. I'm going to take a note from this bird's song sheet and softly trill over criticisms of too loud, too much, and let the God inside me shine out. I'm going to drip all my blackness over your white sneakers. Just revel in the wet of it. bird we heard was a blackbird and I think it is because I recently bought some binoculars um, and I have them by my living room window and when the feeling takes me or when I hear something I'll grab them up and go stand by the window and try and hone in on either the sound that I'm hearing or um, a darting movement and there's these set of bushes that are just outside there and usually I can see this black bird with a bright orange bill or beak popping along um, underneath the bushes having something in its mouth maybe a twig or a leaf um, and then and then dropping it and opening its mouth and singing and I think this is the sound of that bird the blackbird but the thing is as I've said before do we really need to know the names of birds or names of anything in nature to actually appreciate them or to have a relationship with them because I am trying I am you know I'll have my binoculars and then I might go to a bird book and trying to work out what markings they have you know what's on the wings what's on the breast what's on the tails but you know they move so fast they're so flitting um, and that's you know, part of the power of birds um, <laughs> their ability to fly um, so it's really difficult to pin down what bird is what which bird is which what are you sort of thing and um, but I don't see that not knowing their names is is getting in the way of me connecting to birds seeing their beauty, appreciating their beauty, thinking how remarkable they are and how, you know, they can like fly in formation, um, in flying to each other, 
you know, have those equal distance apart, know where they're going, you know, spread the load as well. You know, in that V shape, if you think about geese, they take the turn about being leading, they share the load and they do this with communicating to each other in a way that we don't see as humans, but they are so in tune with each other. Um, going to the place where they migrate to each year, flying thousands of miles and getting there. Point is, and the whole point, I would say, of this whole episode has, has been to just appreciate the, the beauty, the intelligence, the gift of birds in our lives. And yeah, okay, it's good to know some names good to recognize them you know oh yeah you're blue tit i recognize you oh starlings i recognize starlings um and they love chips for some reason they love to flock around when anyone's dropped anything and but yeah but they sparkle they're lovely um and blackbird yeah but my curiosity or wonder in birds doesn't have to be fed by the right way or the right names for them it can be just fed by sitting out my window with my binoculars up to my eyes and my mouth falling open going wow wow well i hope you've enjoyed this episode a little detour in our usual way of working thanks for listening until next time bye for now